tell us what are some of the major climate change uh, challenges we face in our world today i think uh, there are four big challenges the way i see it uh, the first challenge is how to decarbonize every part of our economy okay and so what that means is that our economy is fundamentally built on top of burning fossil fuels mm. so is there a way that we could move away from that and instead focus on renewables mm. so that's one big part of uh, the problem and the solution oh. the second part is the realization that we are so far gone that simply stopping to emit carbon is not going to be enough mm. we'll have to pull carbon out of the atmosphere mm. and the oceans even welcome to another episode of the brand called you a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons knowledge experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world if you are new to our channel please consider subscribing and hit the bell icon so that you never miss an update i am your host ashutosh garg and today i am in conversation with a very very accomplished individual from stanford anshuman bapna anshuman welcome to the show thank you ashutosh for having me here thank you anshuman is the founder and ceo of terra.do he is on a mission to get 100 million people to work on solving climate change and prior to that he has worked with all the big names like make my trip go ibibo deloitte and google so anshuman let's talk about terra.do uh, tell me about this venture sure so uh i as you can see from my background do not come from the climate world mm. and i had been a tech entrepreneur starting multiple internet companies over the past 20 years working mm. at large corporates and uh, then about 2 uh, years ago a uh, classic midlife crisis trying to figure out uh, what i want to do over the next 10 20 years of my life mm. and uh, in a short list that i had climate change was one of the topics that i was very keen to understand more mm. and i started uh, talking to as many people as i could mm. everything uh, from uh, people who were doing deep tech like nuclear fusion mm-hmm. all the way to environmental justice and everything in between trying to essentially answer the question what can someone like me do in this space to have an impact mm. and uh, and ashish it's a bit like uh, you in that matrix you have the red pill and the blue pill right so once you uh, take the red pill in climate it's very hard to look away because this is a crisis of such uh, global and historical yeah. proportions mm. that it feels uh, once you've understood this a little bit it's, it's hard to do anything else right and uh, as i was meeting all these people the big thing that struck me was that uh, uh, it was it right i mean one way or the other we'll have uh, a ton of people coming into climate over the next 10 years mm. because uh, we need to transform how we do energy agriculture manufacturing transportation so many sectors of the economy mm. and not just in one part of the world but in every part of the world mm. and so the only way we'll get there is to have not 1 million people working in climate but 100 times as many and uh, i'm an internet entrepreneur so i know how to build things that can be used by 100 million people or a billion people and uh, on top of that this whole uh, uh, struggle that i had in uh, understanding what climate was all about was something that i felt a lot of people will experience so right. that's what terra is and in fact uh, one thing that i do uh, point out is that we on purpose called it terra.do and not terra.learn okay because for us learning is the means to that end 
it's not an end in itself and hopefully during the program i'll be able to talk more about uh, what we are doing on the do side fantastic so you know climate change is a massive subject i mean every area of our life affects climate change what are the areas you're focusing on so ashish we're focusing across the board so okay. for, uh, the kind of programs that we run are uh, horizontal programs that are focused on people like me mm-hmm. uh, who are outside the climate space and want to learn everything uh, in climate everything from agriculture to energy and so on right. at a very high level but we also have vertical programs as we call them for specific professionals mm-hmm. so for example we have a program which is focused on energy professionals right. who look to understand the latest cutting edge technologies mm-hmm. we have another program focused on venture capitalists looking to invest in, in climate mm-hmm. and at the other end agriculture uh, uh, sector people so for example we have a program on climate resilience for agriculture which is attended by often people who run cooperative farms in latin america or in the uh, in africa Hmm. so and we think that's what that's why climate is such a wicked problem because it is interconnected with hmm. every single thing Correct. that we do hmm. so our focus is uh, towards individuals who have already made the leap in their mind that this is an important problem hmm. and that they want to spend time working on it i don't think we are a good place for people who are still trying to make up their mind about whether climate is important enough for them or not hmm. okay and you know i was reading an article recently bill gates recently made a comment that we only have 10 years left what are your thoughts yeah uh, it's actually scary and uh, yeah. he's right so the way we think about climate is that we have a certain amount of carbon budget uh, which is the amount of carbon dioxide that we can still emit without having catastrophic changes mm-hmm. to the planet and uh, the big caveat is that uh, uh, even if we avoid even if we uh, uh, stay within our budget a lot of our uh, bad climate impact effects are already baked in mm-hmm. and sea level rise is definitely one of them mm-hmm. where it seems like it's very hard to turn the tide so to speak on that even now even if you were to stop today so that's kind of the pessimistic message mm-hmm. the, pos- the 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 optimistic message is that uh, the way to solve climate would require us to fundamentally question the way we run society right now Okay. it is not just a technological fix mm-hmm. that oh somebody in silicon valley or some other lab will invent this new technology and everything will get solved right. we'll have to solve how we think about justice we'll have to solve how we think about politics mm-hmm. and we'll have to solve about what we believe is humanity's place in the entire uh, uh, in the entire universe so to speak mm-hmm. so it's a very fundamental question mm-hmm. and i feel that uh, what i feel very positive about is that uh, our generation is beginning to grapple with that but the generation after us mm-hmm. already understands this in a very intuitive way yeah. so even if we blow past our carbon budget i believe we will have a much scarier world mm-hmm. but hopefully it will be a better world in terms of values mm-hmm. and i feel pretty strongly that the climate debate has engendered all that discussion mm-hmm. so you know uh, for our viewers and listeners can you uh, tell us what are some of the major climate change uh, challenges we face in our world today i think uh, there are four big challenges the way i see it uh, the first challenge is how to decarbonize every part of our economy okay and so what that means is that our economy is fundamentally built on top of burning fossil fuels mm-hmm. so is there a way that we could move away from that and instead focus on renewables mm-hmm. so that's one big part of uh, the problem and the solution so oh. the second part is 
the realization that we are so far gone that simply stopping to emit carbon is not going to be enough mm. we'll have to pull carbon out of the atmosphere mm. and the oceans even Mm. and you could do that in high tech ways or you could do it in low tech ways and low tech ways we all know which are mm. trees right so that's the second problem in solution the third one and this is where it starts getting more complex mm. uh the third one is just living our lives sustainably okay and that means uh, our personal lives but more importantly how we produce how we consume on this planet mm. and how our corporations behave how our governments behave when they think about resource extraction from from the planet Mm-hmm. so how can we do it in a more sustainable manner okay. and the fourth one which i think is honestly uh, the thing that i worry the most about mm-hmm. um, because there are very few models to solve it mm-hmm. is what is called adaptation and resilience okay. which is the fact the recognition that climate change is not some distant future problem mm-hmm. climate change is already here in fact yep. there is this very interesting study which shows that india's gdp is already Mm. one third lower than what it would have been mm. had climate change not happened in the past 30 years so we're already living that reality mm. and uh, adaptation and resilience is about the acknowledgement mm. that this is what our future is going to look like mm. and therefore how do we make sure that communities that rely on uh, on their livelihood from the monsoons or from on the coastlines mm. um and uh, uh, and so on have a way to move into this new world Mm. which will be which will have lot more natural catastrophes which will have lot more variability in how weather patterns are and still earn a decent living and live a live a normal life and that's a massive challenge i agree i agree so you know uh, anshu but it's often been said that climate change is a victim of politics you know whichever politician comes to whichever country decides whether to push or not push right your thoughts on this so i think uh, that is entirely true uh, and i'll maybe i'll just kind of double click on that a little bit mm-hmm. which is that uh, uh, so there is this fundamental uh, unfairness built into the climate problem correct which is that the rich countries which used fossil fuel extraction over the past 150 years mm-hmm. to power their economies and get to the point where they are have now used up so much of our carbon budget mm-hmm. that the developing economies like india mm-hmm. have very little to uh, to use uh, for their own development mm-hmm. and yet because we all share the same atmosphere yeah so it's not like uh, india can do whatever they want and mm-hmm. uh, that wouldn't solve that will just create a problem for everyone on the planet so it's a classic mm-hmm. tragedy of the commons problem uh and therefore for the longest time mm-hmm. when inter country negotiations used to happen about this things were stuck at this notion mm-hmm. which is who should pay the bill for mm-hmm. any remediation on this path and india had a pretty strong stance which i think made a lot of sense and so did the us mm-hmm. and and every other country in the, in the in the rich part of the world mm-hmm. so therefore there was this gridlock that existed for the longest time mm-hmm. um now that's at the in, the international politics level mm-hmm. i think even at the national politics level um if you look at india for example right now when we think of climate challenges we uh, fundamentally articulate them in terms of the first thing that comes to our mind is for example air pollution right which is definitely uh, directly connected to climate change mm-hmm. but the reason why it has taken up a little bit of our political imagination mm-hmm. is simply because it is directly germane to the the voting uh, articulate 
middle class uh, population of india mm. the reality is that uh, farmer suicides in maharashtra mm. uh, the reality is that the, uh, the the regular flooding that we see uh, in big part of the country mm. have all been linked to climate for a long very long time right. but they haven't really taken up our imagination as a political problem that mm. needs to be solved mm. so in a way think about it like Uh, in europe for example almost every country has a green party or its equivalent which is a very strong environmental agenda mm. who is the green party in india mm. like there is not even a candidate i mean literally this that's how yeah. low in our imagination right now mm. uh, climate is and that i think is a fundamental problem that we need to address because of all the large countries in the world mm. india is going to be the most affected by climate change mm. wow wow and you already said we are already down to one third of our gdp because uh of the impact of climate change in the last 30 years so that's right wonder what the impact will be in future incredible so you know anshuman uh, you want to educate 100 million people i want to understand from you how can each one of us make a difference yeah i think um, the way uh, so i so i have like a two or three points on that the so one is uh it's important to do our part but it's also important to recognize that just doing our part is not enough mm. we are unfortunately too late for that mm. so if you find yourself or your neighbor carrying a uh, a jute bag for groceries and kind of check marking that i'm done with my environmental consciousness mm. stuff mm. please recognize that it's not even like a drop in the ocean there so we have to start so personal action is extremely important because that's what catalyzes thinking mm. so your personal action could be for example uh, your carbon footprint uh, when that is unnecessary so for example if you have um, a meat eating lifestyle then please eat less meat if you can mm. if you have uh, something that requires you to travel mm. incredibly uh, and of course those times have changed now uh, because of covid who travels anymore yeah. but l- definitely look at that footprint mm. but far more important in my opinion is to get involved in politics mm. and get involved in action mm. so the way you get involved in action is by recognizing that you have skills that you acquired all through your life you might be in sales in marketing in software in whatever have you every single one of those skills is required for solving the climate problem mm. that is how vast this is so consider using your skills to solve a specific climate problem second is to get politically involved which is and that could be by taking up a local issue that uh, has a clear environmental impact and playing a role in that and using that to catalyze a lot of action within your local community and in your local uh, uh, politics okay okay and uh, you know if you were to make it if if i was to ask you uh, the common man doesn't really understand my carbon footprint right but two points you just told me were very interesting if you eat if you are a meat eater cut down on meat if you are traveling extensively cut down on the travel right i mean now these are two actionable items what would you say you know at across different age groups what are some of the other actions that each individual can take to support uh, terra dot do yeah no ashutosh i think the a thing that i uh, find a lot of inspiration from always is the generation younger than us yeah and uh, and my kids i have two kids one of them is 12 years old and the amount of environmental awareness that they have is an order of magnitude more than what mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. 
And uh, I take a lot of inspiration from them on what my personal action should be. Yeah. And the very first personal action, which I just find astounding and amazing, mm-hmm. is their refusal, utter refusal to accept that this is the way the world works. Mm-hmm. And you might have seen Greta Thunberg, the Swedish child activist, yeah. in her teenage activist, in her uh, speeches. And the tone of her speeches, I don't care. Mm. You have to figure it out. Mm. It's your, like, you guys have created this mess, so you have to solve it. Mm. Change the political system, change the economic systems, but there is no way to shock responsibility from that. Mm. And to me, that is the attitude that I would love to have all of us have, which is there is no escaping from responsibility. We have to hold ourselves accountable and our political leaders, our business leaders accountable to the same challenge. And that is very much within our power. It is not something which requires uh, a Mahatma Gandhi to to mobilize us. Mm. This is something that we can start affecting at our local community, local company that we work with Mm. level. And it begins from there. Mm. So, you know, just one more question for you. How how does, how can Terra, uh, you know, what what would be the right word, but create a movement uh, across a large cross-section of people, say in India, to say, Anshuman, you're going to hold me accountable for my climate change. I'm going to hold someone else accountable. How does one build this accountability with amongst one another? Because otherwise, it'll just remain as uh, lip service. No, Ashtar, that's a great question. I don't think I have uh, the, the perfect answer to that yet in our journey. But uh, there are at least three or four different things that strike me. Uh-huh. So one is um, sometimes... You can, uh, the, the way is shown by uh, uh, an, an exceptional entrepreneur like Elon Musk. Mm. Right? So Elon Musk comes and creates this, extends this envelope of possibility. Mm-hmm. Right? So electric cars go from being these cute little things from back in the day that only the diehards will actually use, to status symbols, to now essentially the way automotive industry should work. And you've seen that transformation happen in the space of like, 15 years. That's one end. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other end is political entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So uh, this woman, uh, 28-year-old congresswoman in America called Alexandra Mm Ocasio-Cortez. So she is a first-time congresswoman and she's a political entrepreneur. She realized that that, uh, green and environment and climate change are such hot topics uh, for the millennial and the Gen X generation Mm -hmm. that and nobody has really capitalized on that. And she's built an entire persona and program around that mm. that has helped a lot of policy making get pushed up uh, pushed mm. um, and we need those examples and not just one elon musk and one aoc but hundreds of them thousands of them for a country the size and scale and complexity of india mm. and i think they're out there we need to figure out ways to actually help them and that's what terra is trying to do which is for us our goal is 100 million people working on climate and the, and therefore we might have to t- train even more we might have to train a billion people to get there get 100 million to actually work in climate. Mm. And uh, we believe out of those, we will see entrepreneurs, we will see change makers who will go out to their organizations and change the way things are being done. Mm. And we will see movements getting started uh, in local and national contexts out of those individuals mm. uh, who will be often seeds of those, those mm. movements or participate in those movements in, 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 in important ways. So that's how our, that's our theory of change right now. It's very interesting. I was watching a, a recent movie uh, <clears throat> on nature by you know, Mr. Attenborough. And he was saying that because of the pandemic, 
within 12 months, the earth has healed itself very significantly. Right? Now, uh, it is these kind of examples which can make a very significant difference, isn't it? Yeah, in fact, uh, the, uh, uh, the David Attenborough example is, uh, uh, is both a very positive and a, and a shockingly negative example as well. Oh, really? So, okay. in, in an interesting way, which is uh, that uh, last year in 2020, during COVID, mm-hmm. carbon emissions across the world fell by about 6%, mm-hmm. which I believe was the highest the carbon emissions have ever felt, uh, uh, fell, fell in the past, I think, until the last world war. Mm-hmm. So never seen before. Right. And as you rightly said, we started seeing all these positive effects of that mm-hmm. happening. This year, we are on track to be the second highest rise in emissions ever in our in mankind's history. Oh my god. All these economies are bouncing back. And these economies are obviously not bouncing back on renewables necessarily, right? They're bouncing back on the cheapest source which is available here and now, which mm-hmm. is coal and so on. So we're seeing going back to kind of our old merry ways very, very quickly. Which brings you kind of to this underlying statement, which is, look, the problem is not that the earth will not recover. The earth has its ways of recovering. In its four and a half billion history, Hmm. we are less than like a second of that history, right? Effectively. Correct. So the earth will recover. Hmm. The challenge is, will our civilization uh, recover? Hmm. And in the process, when we create create this next level of, uh, uh, of civilization and development, will we decimate everything else that is living on this planet? in the process and we are actually on that path right now so uh, it's scary i think uh, to me it feels like it's just a call to action which is to say look we can't take it for granted that uh, uh, just because we had a crisis we'll bounce back Mm. in a better way we have our current systems will will push us back into the trajectory of just uh, uh, resource extracting uh, the planet very interesting so actually i'm I'm going to move to uh, the last segment of our conversation I have time for two or three questions for you personally. My uh, first question for you is that, you know, for someone who spent time in all these big companies and then now taken a move into uh, something which is required for society, for the world, uh, what are some of the core values you believe in? Uh, so, I have my, so my core values are, I think, two things. And I, in fact, I remember the first one which is uh, just fundamentally be a curious person. That was uh, when my daughter was born, my first child, uh, my wife and I were discussing like, what is, it, what is the one thing or superpower that we could wish our child upon mm-hmm. if we could? Mm-hmm. And mine was that if she's curious, mm-hmm. she'll, she'll have a good fulfilling life. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my value number one. Mm-hmm. I think the value number two is kind of at, uh, is at some level slightly at odds with it, which is, I've come to the conclusion that, look, ultimately, we are actually a tiny speck, completely inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. Our lives are here and now, and then nobody could remember X generations from now. Uh, And that could take you into a very nihilistic path, which is then what's the point? Might as well give up. My kind of conclusion from that is slightly different, which is that since if you don't take yourself too seriously and your life too seriously, then you will optimize for the thing that you really care about. So, for example, what I really care about is to live a fun life. Mm. And my definition of fun, when I look back on, well, what, when do I find myself in this state where I feel that I'm having fun, mm. is when I'm building things, mm. when I'm intellectually curious about something. So my dharma, so to speak, 
is to go build stuff mm. which is often new into this world mm. but for another person it might be entirely different right. but do ask those questions to yourself mm. very interesting and my next question to you is that from where you stand today what does success mean to anshuman if i could my uh, divide up my life into uh, multiple phases mm-hmm. of my career then to be each of those careers should be self standing completely independent one need not take off from where the previous one left off mm-hmm. which by the way ashutosh is it, to me it from the outside feels like very much like your career you mm-hmm. followed your passion correct um exactly like that mm. so to me just being able to do that having the energy to be able to do that until i die is to me on the career side is enormous success the second part is on the personal side which mm. is um i feel that uh, i'm fortunate and lucky enough to have these people who i love and who love me in return close to me and in my often sometimes in my pursuit of curiosity and building new things i sometimes neglected the fact that these are the people who were the primary reason why i wanted to do it in the first place sure so i don't want to I, if i can not lose sight of that fact mm. throughout my entire rest of my life mm. and keep that at the front and center also i think i would have lived a life that i would call successful fantastic and my last question to you uh, anshuman uh, following your comment on success who or what inspires you to keep pushing yourself to do so many new things <laughs> funny enough my uh, my grandfather mm. so my nana ji mm. so he was this crazy person in our family who was uh, a freedom fighter but freedom fighter of the bomb throwing kind mm. not the quiet uh, revo- right. revolutionary mm. uh, went to jail when he was 16 then became a communist in independent india mm. and a firebrand communist mm. of that mm. worked with tribals and he was a lawyer uh to secure their rights in uh, in Rajasthan mm. and worked a lot in water con- conservation and so on and on mm. and he did many other things wrote books traveled all over the world but the one anecdote that I'll tell you which will give you a sense of like who my why he's my inspiration is that mm. when my wife and I were graduating from Stanford uh, mm. about 15 years ago he came for our graduation and at that time he was 85 mm. and uh, then after it was done he said look i am going to meet this friend of mine and uh, i'll come back in a couple of weeks time mm. so a few days later we call up his friend who's in california to check where he is and he says oh he said he wanted to meet fidel castro before he died so oh. he's gone to cuba wow. i said what do you mean he's gone to cuba he doesn't have a visa he doesn't know spanish and then 3 weeks later finally my grandfather arrives having actually gone to fidel castro's palace wow. <laughs> and i don't know what he did to get there and how he figured everything out but to me that is such an inspiration which is amazing. just go where your curiosity takes you and the rest mm. shall follow amazing what an amazing story anshuman thank you so much this has been such an amazing conversation i've learned so many new things about climate change today from you i wish you and your entire terra do team a lot of success thank you again thank you sir Thank you so much Ashutosh for having me and uh, I really appreciate what you're doing by bringing all these individuals onto the platform. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You videocast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in 
to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.